Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss, the best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Off and rolling Super Bowl hangover show. How about that? Monday, February 12, 2024. Welcome in to the Gabe Coon Show. I am your host, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman, Gabe Coon. On X at G underscore Coon 71. Alongside me is the executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show. That would be Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning 929. Connor, what's the word? How's it going? What's up, man? Man. <laughs> you hanging hey, in there? Hey, you I hanging had, in hey, there? I think everybody is like me. I had to get a couple of extra cups of coffee in me today to give it uh, sort of the same world that I do day to day. Listen. We've but by said, Tuesday, it all dissipates. Listen, we've said it many times. The Monday after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday. Oh, It gosh. should be. It's again. It's it's a stomach ache and a hangover day in the same. You know what's been helping me though? What? I've just been blasting confessions. Just oh, listening really? to it all day. Okay, yeah. What so an album. What Usher, a performance. Usher got you back into it, huh? Oh, I've. I mean, I've always been into it. Always been into it. But it definitely reignited the flames. Isn't it great though? Being okay right now. Connor and I both at twenty eight years old. Twenty nine. Oh, you're you. twenty nine. Yep. Twenty eight. Whatever. Yeah, I'm glad we're close. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, come on. Well, I was close enough. Um, but we're getting fed the Super Bowl halftime show. Oh yeah, dude. it's all it's all it's it's built for us. It's built for us. That's that's the type of audience that they're trying to bring in. It's phenomenal. The last four have just been right up our alley. Yeah, yeah. Rihanna. I mean, I I like Rihanna enough. Oh, I'm big into Rihanna. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was a lot bigger into Usher this year, though. That was that was pretty pretty. It was phenomenal. awesome. And bringing out Alicia Keys, Will I Am. You just kept going down the list. It was phenomenal. Was Ludacris, great. Lil John. Yeah, Ludacris. Ludacris with the with the full fro last night too. There, he looked like he just came from Globo Gym. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> makes me plead my own. Exactly. Like that was that was something. That was something. But we have two and a half hours to talk on the way courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly. We'll talk about the repeat Super Bowl champs and everything that went with the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 58 last night. Chiefs get over top 25 to 22. To capture a repeat for the first time in 19 years since the New England Patriots did it in 04 and 05. Um, I, there's so much to talk about when it comes to the Super Bowl and, and what it's going to look like heading into this offseason. So we'll talk about that. We also had a Tigers win 
yesterday at 1 p.m. on Super Bowl Sunday. So we got to get that in before we actually got to the Super Bowl. That was nice. Um, and the Tigers handled business against Tulane 90-78. to It was actually for the first time this year in a lot of ways in conference play, Connor. It was, there was no stress. No real stress. I got to watch it, enjoy myself, move on with my life, and realize the Tigers just beat a team that usually gives them trouble, and they're going to move up in the net, and they're going to move up in their metrics. And that's sort of the end of it. Now, uh, they're going to have North Texas coming up this week. They're going to have SMU uh, both on the road. It's going to be, it's gonna be st- a struggle going forward, but they have won three in a row, so there is that. The Grizzlies, not so good over the weekend. Not so good over the loss of the Charlotte Hornets. But now we have a, there's a new, new player. New player on a 10-day. Jordan Goodwin? You have any Jordan Goodwin takes to shoot off there, Connor? Don't have many Jordan Goodwin yeah, takes. Yeah. Welcome to the team. That's about yeah. all I got. Yeah, but uh, as far as the show is concerned, we'll talk about all that and more, and then we'll get to a trip around the NFL at 5.30, small talk at 5.50. As far as guests are concerned, Jeff Calkins, talk some Super Bowl, talk some Tigers at about 5 o'clock from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins show. And then at 6 o'clock, before we send you out to Grizzlies versus Pelicans, Jessica Menzel will take the pregame at 6.30, and a tip will be at 7. We'll bring on Kyron Samuels to talk some Super Bowl. Kyron Samuels, one of my good buddies. Um, he's a former offensive lineman at Jacksonville State. He was an all-conference offensive lineman there. And now he covers football for Deviant Takes. He's a, a senior writer and consultant for them. So we'll talk Super Bowl. And take a look ahead at uh, the draft. And I want to ask him his takes because we talked about it on Friday. Caleb Williams. What should we think of Caleb Williams as the number one overall pick going into the 2024 NFL draft? I'll ask him about that as we get to him at about six. Now let's open here. We have the Chiefs winning yet again. They repeat 25 to 22. They get over top in overtime. Um, before we even talk about the Chiefs, though, Connor, that game, uh, it, it was it was everything I wanted it to be. Now, did they you know play around with the ball too much? There was like four fumbles in the first half. I understand that. Uh, three of them were lost, and they, they were not uh, owning the ball as well as we would expect. Um, you know, even on that first drive, you had Christian McCaffrey fumble the ball, and he's very, very sure-handed. Um, but when it comes down to defense, uh, to special teams, Harrison Butker is has become phenomenal. We had two. We had the record get set for field goal in a Super Bowl, uh, 55 yards. That was by Jake Moody, and it was immediately beaten 57 by Harrison Butker. Defenses stood up. Um, offenses made very timely plays, especially on the Chiefs' side of it because it's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and all these guys. And B. Cole Hardman definitely um, showed his ability after um, losing a fumble out of the end zone earlier in the, in the playoffs um, that led to a touchback. He ends up getting the game winner. That game gave me everything I could possibly want, even overtime. So I, I, I just want to throw that out there first and foremost. It's just, it's a lot of fun when the Super Bowl lives up to the hype. And I believe that this Super Bowl absolutely did that. From the commercials to the Super Bowl halftime show to the actual game on the field. It came down to the wire. We got an overtime, had some record-setting kicks. Patrick Mahomes was legacy-making drive at the end there. Brock Purdy was still very good. Juan Jennings left his entire body on the field. I mean, it was everything that you wanted 
from the Super Bowl. And I will say, you did get the feeling watching it that you were watching the two teams that should be there. Like, as yep. I was watching the game, I was like, oh, these two defenses are easily the best in the NFL right now. And they are stepping up and they are making this thing difficult for these two quarterbacks. One of them is generational. One of them is Brock Purdy. But, yeah. you know, still, they were playing very well against these defenses. It was just a battle. It was a perfect football battle that I wanted on a Sunday couldn't have asked for more. And I, I just, it blows me away, the Chiefs' championship DNA, man. It was This nuts. is a team. Crazy. This is a team who, down the stretch of the season and throughout the regular season, was 28th in second-half scoring. Uh, after, after the first half, they usually struggle, and they only had three points in the first half. So uh, one of my big keys to the game was, yeah, I, I wanted the Chiefs to, um, you know, stop the run, which I thought they did a, a decent job of. 22 carries for 80 yards for Christian McCaffrey. He was still solid. Um but my other my other sort of key to the game was go up at halftime. Have a lead at halftime if you want to win the game. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. They ended up scoring after halftime. 16 points in the second half, and then they capped it off with a touchdown to Miko Hardman in overtime. They just somehow, even against sort of the metrics and the things they've shown us, when it comes to big games – When it comes to, hey, I have to get through to go win a championship, we have to do things that we have not done all year, they find a way. They find a way. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, that defense, they just seemingly all year found a way. And it it does make me sort of go back a couple of months before we got into the playoffs. I couldn't have been more wrong about this Chiefs team. Um, You know, the thought process for me was – you know, the, the reason they've become a dynasty, the reason they have put themselves on this type of pedestal in the NFL is because offensively they're untouchable. You have one of the best game planners in Andy Reid. You have one of the best quarterbacks of all time. We'll talk about where he's tracking right now alongside Brady. He's uh, he's doing pretty well for himself. Um, and then you have Travis Kelly. You have all these guys on the offensive side of the ball that have led you to be this great team, that have led you to be this Super Bowl champion. And this year was all defense, right? It was mostly defense. Second Um, In scoring defense all year, Uh, their pass defense was phenomenal. Um, So two months ago, amidst all these struggles, you see Patrick Mahomes uh, struggling with Kadarius Toney being offsides and going after NFL officials. You see Travis Kelsey slowing down as a pass catcher. I was so wrong about it. I was so wrong about it. I thought this team was going to struggle and flame out in the playoffs, and here we are yet again. And – They're going to have a chance to do this three times over. And that's nuts to think about. That's nuts to think about. This Chiefs team, when you look at Patrick Mahomes, the stats he's putting together in his young career, we're only six years in. Six years in. He's been to four Super Bowls, been to six AFC championships in six years, and now he has three Super Bowls. When we talk about his pace through his first six years, he's tied with Brady with Super Bowls now. Now, Brady was three for three. He's three for four. I don't think it should matter all that much. He's three and one when he gets to the, to the big game. Uh, he has 15 playoff wins, which is second, tied for second all time with Joe Montana. With Joe Montana, the only person ahead of him, which it's going to take a while to catch up to him, uh, is Tom Brady, who's up in the 30s. I think Patrick Mahomes will get there at some point. <laughs> That's still crazy. Um, he'll get there at some point. But the fact that through six years he's tied with Joe Montana, that should tell you the type of rarefied air he is in. And then <laughs> he trailed by seven points again last night. Trailed by seven points again last night. And, and the Chiefs were underdogs. Patrick Mahomes now in the playoffs when trailing by seven-plus points, nine and two. The rest of the NFL, 13 and 60 in that span, in that six-year span. 
I, when it comes to somebody defying the odds, doing things that no one else has, Patrick Mahomes continues to just move up that list. I mean, did any of us have a doubt in our mind that he was going to go win that game last night? When it was a field goal, when they, when when that's all that the 49ers could muster, even after they got help from the refs, I think the Kyle Juszczyk catch, that's been called a drop before. Des it has. Bryant, I was, when Bang I was watching excellent. it, though, I was like, that's a catch. Like, I, know, I understand. The he he controlled what, it, yeah, and then he yeah. dove out. But that, I mean, you remember Des it, Bryant versus the, the Packers way back when? That, was, asked, that was a drop. I, I and Des Bryant even too, took though. to, to, to uh, X last night and said that was not a catch. Um, but even after that and the, and the field goal, you just had no doubt in your mind. And what followed was <laughs> 13 plays, 75 yards, cap it off to Meikle Hardman on a, on a return route. What they, what they did last year, two times in the second half, one to Kadarius Toney, uh, one to Sky Moore to get into the end zone, they did the same thing with Meikle Hardman to go win, to go win a championship. It's just, they, they somehow, they somehow just lull people to sleep throughout the regular season this year and, and end up at the top of the NFL, like, like most people um, sort of seem to expect, but, but lost hope as the season went along. What do you make of Shanahan now having a third Super Bowl in which his, his teams couldn't get it done in the second half? This is, this is just tough, man. This is the NFL. It's, it was, sometimes you run into dynasties that you're not able to get over top. I don't think I should I, – I don't want to cheapen Kyle Shanahan as coach. He's unbelievable. He's got a good bloodline um, with, with, uh, <laughs> with uh, his dad. He, he, I get all of these things, and offensively, I thought he schemed up relatively well. And I thought for the most part, outside of the Christian McCaffrey fumble, the 49ers executed the game plan and uh, played a clean game. But in the end of the day, he can't get through when it matters the most. And I thought this was his biggest opportunity, best opportunity to do that, because you never know when you're going to get back. Now, the 49ers, I still think, have a, a very uh, bright future. Uh, yeah. Brock Purdy's very young. He's not getting paid a lot. Uh, he seems like a franchise guy. I mean, when we look at his his career record, he's now twenty two and six. He was really good last night, man. Yes, he was. He was great last night. And he was throwing. I mean, and he made some good throws, right? I mean, those final two drives he had at, at the end of the game and then in overtime, they were solid. Yes, but I, like in the end of the day, you just never know when you're able to get back to these points. And now we're talking about Kyle Shanahan as an zero and three coach in Super Bowl opportunities. One is the OC for the Falcons, the twenty eight to three debacle. One he had a lead going into halftime. Uh, against the against the Chiefs, and then the second time going into halftime with a lead against the Chiefs, it's just it's got to wear on them at some point. It's got to wear on them at some point. I don't. I, I still think that when you look at the 49ers, uh, the Drake Greenlaw injury kind of stinks. Oh, that was terrible. Uh, coming off How the sideline and Achilles, that's like that's just that's brutal. Uh, one of the big. Uh, Redeeming qualities about that defense is the fact that you have those two guys in the middle and Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Dre Greenlaw now coming off an Achilles. We'll see how he's able to recover from that. Um, but I think they have a lot of the defensive pieces in place. Um, they need to lock up Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel for, for some extended periods of time. And then I still think they can be sort of in this conversation. But again, winning two to three games in the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl is just easier said than done. It's very, very hard to consistently get to this spot. And Kyle Shanahan, I thought this was his best opportunity to get it done, to get over this Chiefs team. It's different than the first time they played the Chiefs and lost. It's different. 
They don't have the wide receivers there. Uh, defensively, they're, 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 they're very good. Um, but you thought that you had the ability to, to sort of exploit some of the things that they don't do so well, and I thought they did that for the most part last night. But it's just the Chiefs. When push comes to shove, they get over top. Well, and if they get another matchup, if they get a different matchup against a non-dynasty, because let's think about it. These are this 0-3 we're talking about is against Tom Brady Patriots yeah. and then Patrick Mahomes Chiefs. So the two best Twice. quarterbacks ever. It's just it, it, he's he's gotten some bad luck. I, I do I do I sort of uh, should it should it be a conversation that he has not been able to get over top? Yes, but he has not gotten over top against the best two best quarterbacks to ever do it. it he, there was also just it was written in the stars that the Chiefs were supposed to win last night, I think, because to me it felt like the huge turning point of the game was that punt when it kicked off that guy's heel. Because yep. there's just really nothing you can do about that. <laughs> like, it's a freak and, accident. And you thought Ray Ray McLeod was making a bad play when it was live because yeah. you didn't see that it hit off the, the heel of I one of his players. I feel terrible for that guy because he was just down there blocking, doing what he was supposed to. Just wrong spot, wrong time. And that's just the type of crap that happens for the Chiefs. Like, yes. it's it's... You, it's just written in the stars. There's nothing you can do about it. Destiny is against you sometimes. Yeah, and they're full dynasty now. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I thought I, 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 I sort of reject the thought process behind you have to have three to make it a dynasty because that's what it, all the conversations are about. Uh, when it came to the Warriors uh, in the NBA, when it came to the Patriots early in the 2000s with uh, you know Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, it's, oh, you have to win three to be a dynasty. I thought they were a dynasty before this. You don't get to six straight AFC championships without being a dynasty in the NFL. Uh, you don't make it to four uh, four Super Bowls in that time period without being a dynasty. You won two of them, um, but they officially are over the top of that of that mark. And they, I mean, this is just Patrick Mahomes. The rest of his career is just going to be able to build on it. Um, there's going to be everybody else trying to take it away from him, and I, I just don't see that happening, man. He is he has put himself in that Tom Brady Patriots category of if I'm going to bet against him, I'm going to feel dumb if I lose betting against him. I mean, that was your whole reason. Like, when you were picking, you were like, there's no way in hell I'm picking against Patrick Mahomes in the, in the Super Bowl. And As a dog, look too. Look what happened. I mean, but again, like, it just comes down to, like, <laughs> when you have a team that has been there so much. Right. That seems to get all the breaks. That seems to, you know, put a game plan out there, regardless of the set of circumstances they're dealing with, that will win. You just have to, you have to trust history. You have to trust history, and that's what this Chiefs team is becoming. Going forward, we're just going to trust history, regardless of the 10-7 and seven and the 5 seed um, come AFC playoff time or, or they're the number 1 seed. We have to trust that the Chiefs will be able to get through. How much have. room, money-wise, do they have to bring in maybe a wide receiver? Because it, it just feels like that they're just going to be able to add pieces now. Like, I don't expect them to get any worse. Yes, I think they'll be I think they'll be fine. Their cap situation is not the worst in the NFL. It's also not the best. You do have uh, Patrick Mahomes on that big contract, although it's it's still still relatively Worth team-friendly. It. One of the interesting trends he broke last night is he is the top cap hit on that Chiefs team. It was the first time that a quarterback who is, uh, you know, taking that big of a cap hit, the number one cap hit on his team, was able to get through and win the Super Bowl. Because we've had a lot of conversations, Connor, about – Okay, you're paying these quarterbacks. You paid, you know, the Joe Burrows of the world, the Justin Herberts, the Jalen Hurts, all these. You paid them a bunch of money, but going forward, you're not able to put a team around them um, at, at the highest of levels. Chiefs still did that, even with that cap hit that, that Patrick Mahomes has. And, and really, it goes down to Brett Veach, their GM. Uh, what he's done in drafting, what he's done uh, in helping develop these guys, it's been phenomenal. A guy named Trent McDuffie 
Trent McDuffie was all over the field last night. I think there's an argument. Uh, obviously, number 22, he's, he plays some corner. He plays some safety. He, he does a lot of different things in that defensive backfield for the Chiefs. But the amount of uh, you know solid play you got from him, I thought he was one of the best players on the field last night outside of a guy named Patrick Mahomes, outside of number 15. But he was all over the field. He was an all-pro this year. Uh, Legereus Sneed uh, in that secondary, still young. You have uh, two really young linebackers, Nick Bolton and Leo Chennault. Uh I think that uh, Brett Veach is going to have to take it upon himself to decide what he wants to do with Chris Jones because Chris Jones not locked up going into the future, and you seemingly need a guy uh, to be an a interior pass rusher, interior game rusher. Well, you saw his leadership last night, yeah, too. Yeah, but, but Brett Veach, man um, – I think the stat I just rattled off about Patrick Mahomes being the largest cap hit on his team and being the first quarterback to have the largest cap hit on his team and win a Super Bowl, I think that comes down to Brett Veach and what he's able to do. I I know that we talk about Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes all the time. Like Those are the guys that get the FaceTime. Those are the guys that we put out in front and they answer a bunch of questions, talk to the media. But Brett Veach, as much as you, you sort of forget about him and you, you may just sort of uh, discount what he's done. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And because, oh, you have Patrick Mahomes and you have Travis Kelsey, two of the, be- two of the best at their position of all time, and one of the best coaches of all time in Andy Reid. You may discount what he does, but what he's done in putting together the pieces for Steve Spagnuolo on the defensive side of the ball, what he's done in, in uh, you know, sort of uh, trying to offload some money at times. The Tyreek Hill trade was one that we were questioning, what is, what's Patrick Mahomes going to do without Tyreek Hill? Two Super Bowls. Two Super Bowls in a <laughs> row. They trade him, they win two Super Bowls in a row. So Brett Veach, he doesn't get all the, the you know discussion all the time, but I think it's about time we do that. He's one of the best we've seen do it at, at, at uh, the general manager position and, and, and picking out personnel and drafting. I think what's scary for like the rest of the NFL, and if you're not a Chiefs fan, is that Patrick Mahomes has now proven two years in a row you don't even really need to give him a star wide receiver. You just got to give him like a decent one, and he can get it done. And that's why having guys out there like T. Higgins that could possibly go to the to the yep. Chiefs would just be like that. Would be like giving him back Tyree Kill in a sense because it's like what can you do with T. Higgins if he could turn McCall Hardman into this? If he could turn Rasheed Rice into this? You know what I mean? It's like if you got somebody that's just a tier above them. It could get scary. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is and like, Rasheed White Rice is going to be better. That's what year. I was going to say. He's going like, to be another year better. You talk about signing a wide receiver, and yes, that's going to be out there for them to. You know, T. Higgins may be a, 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 a. You know, they may go down that road. They may try to sign a guy like that. But Rasheed Rice, man, 
Even with this lack of... He was of, all over the place Even Even with the lack of talent in that wide receiver room, they can still win a Super Bowl. So how much are they really thinking about going and signing a big-name, big-money wide receiver? They have seen that they can get through with Rasheed Rice catching for 900 yards during the regular season, with Justin Watson for about half the year being their leading wide receiver outside of Travis Kelsey. So, like, how much is there a... Is Brett Veach going to be... Is he going to feel forced to go sign a big wide receiver for Patrick Holmes? Not necessarily. Travis Kelsey made it clear he's coming back for another year. I was I was interested to see him do that at the podium, though, because we've had a lot of questions about with Jason moving on, his brother. Um, he sees that. Does he want to go down the retirement avenue? He's not doing that. He made it very, very clear at the yeah. podium last night. And I, I still think there's some good um, years uh, left for him. I still think he can get to that 1,000-yard mark next year. Um I think getting another wide receiver would definitely help him, or Rasheed Rice developing a little bit further and being uh, you know, a potential 1,000-yard wide receiver. That will help take a little bit of the onus off of Travis Kelsey. Um, but as long as Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are on that offense together, you feel good about what they can put out. What would you make of his uh, run-in with Andy Reid in the first half? That was, that pretty was funny. strange, man. It was a little strange, but I, I, I think I also understand it. Like It's a Super well, Bowl yelling at each yes, other. Yes, you know, no, you're, you're – the emotions came out of this Chiefs team a lot more this year. That's why right. I was. That's why this year it just felt different. It felt like maybe they're not actually going to be at the mountaintop. Maybe they're not going to be able to repeat. It was to me. It seemed like it was like the veterans were trying to prove to the younger players how this is so difficult. Like it's yeah. so hard to get here. So when we're Don't take here, it for granted. do not take it for granted. That's what I kept taking from it was that they could feel it beginning to slip through their fingers and they were like we've got to focus up as a group. So the, it felt like to me the veterans were just starting to yell at the young guys more. I mean Jones got the defense together yep. and was like what are we doing? Yep. And then they locked down after that. The run in though one, I think he caught he caught Andy Reid off off balance. <laughs> he, did. he didn't really bump into him as hard as it sort of looked with the replay. Andy Reid maybe was standing with his feet. His base wasn't wide enough, no. and he got bumped off his spot a little bit there. I, I didn't like it, though. I, I thought that was very strange of Travis Kelsey to do in that particular moment. Don't bump into your coach. Don't push him. Don't shove him. I know that the emotions are running high. You wanted to be in the game, and your, and your offense just fumbled the ball. Isaiah Pacheco just fumbled the ball. But I don't think that was Andy Reid's fault because he didn't have you in the game. Right. That was Isaiah Pacheco just owning the ball, and he didn't. It was still a, what, three, four-yard run. It would have been if he did not fumble the ball. He just decided that he was going to fumble the ball. Now, on the 49er side of this thing, what's strange to me, what was my big – you'll remember. What was my big sort of uh, conversation coming into the game? What are the keys for them? Get to Patrick Get Mahomes. Get to Patrick Mahomes. They did that. I know. They did that. Especially in the first half. They got after him in the first half. He threw a pick. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> it was a bad pick, too, I know. at that. And he was trying to find Travis Kelsey, and it floated on him. But I, I, I look at the 49ers, and it's just – it's hard for me to hold anything against them. They really came out. They played good ball. They played better defense than they played the first two rounds of the playoffs. They got after Patrick Mahomes as well as they should have. Um, they made it uncomfortable for him the whole night. They held down Travis Kelsey till the end of the game. They did everything in their power to go win that game. It's it was just sometimes, sometimes the other team is just built different. Two moments got him. It was special teams. Yep. The, the PAT block and, and, then, then, the, and then the punt. The punt. Just got him. Yeah. That's the margin of error in the Super Bowl. That's a margin of error when you're playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yes. Right? If it's now, a different team, you feel a little bit different. Yeah. Now, you've talked a lot about Mahomes' legacy and the Chiefs as a dynasty. What does this do for Andy Reid, though? Like, what type of tier does this put he's him already, in? He's already a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, when we look at, at, at the history books and 
what he's been able to get done in this in as the head coach of the Chiefs, and even previous to that with the Eagles. His Eagles run was great. He, I mean, he's he's already a Hall of Famer, but he is uh, he's cementing himself at the top of the sport as a top five coach of all time with what he's doing right this second, and he's getting up there in age. And I think a lot of people before he actually won that first Super Bowl with the Chiefs were questioning if he was ever ever going to be able to do it. But now we're we're three later, three in six years, three in six years. And the development, like I I know he's had some good quarterbacks in his career in his coaching career. Donovan McNabb comes to mind by the end with Kevin Cobb and uh, and uh, Philadelphia that was ugly. But the development of Patrick Mahomes to turn him into this to have the foresight to take this guy who has tremendous arm talent, who can break the pocket, can work off platform, to just sort of let him do that and let him and Travis Kelsey just go cook. Because, again, we talk about Travis Kelsey. He's not necessarily a route runner. He just finds and exploits things in the zone. They have a good brain trust there. For him to have the foresight to let those things happen, to perpetuate those things, and now everybody's chasing the Patrick Mahomes of the future, Andy Reid deserves most of the credit in that, in my opinion. He's one of the best offensive game planners, one of the best quarterback developers we've seen in a long time. I mean, that final drive to send it to overtime was surgical. Every single play. I don't think that – did Mahomes miss a pass on that entire drive? Um, I, Maybe I, one. He was like yeah. eight of nine, I think. Yeah, he was – It was unreal. And how they sped it up out of – like their entire offensive scheme felt like it changed in that one drive. And it just had the 49ers on their back heels the whole time. And they were flawless. Didn't make a mistake. Yeah. Now, for Andy Reid, for those that don't know, if, if you just disagree with a top five, I, I think you're crazy. But when we look at wins all time, he's now at 284. Um, he's fourth. He's fourth all time. Wow. With wins. So, and he's probably going to coach for a few more years. And I'd imagine this team's going to do a lot more winning where this comes from. Now, again, it's not guaranteed by a stretch of the imagination. And there's some teams that could come along in the AFC. The Ravens are still going to be there, although we saw what Steve Spagnuolo was able to do. I'll get to him in a second. Um, you, uh, you could talk about the Chargers potentially in their, uh, in their division now that Jim Harbaugh is the head coach and Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow uh, definitely has some luck against Patrick Mahomes. But I'm betting on Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs team. 100 times out of 100, seemingly, going forward. Uh, now, Steve Spagnolo. I've talked about Brett Veach, talked about Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, all these guys. Steve Spagnolo. that was his fourth Super Bowl as a, as a defensive coordinator. That leads all assistant coaches all time. And Steve Spagnuolo, listen, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a long-suffering St. Louis Rams fan. Don't get it twisted. I remember when he was a St. Louis Rams head coach. They were 2-14. and 14. They were a miserable team. And he was not good as a head coach. But he is one of those guys that when you give him a chance on the defensive side of the ball to draw up a game plan um, in big games, he will always come through. He is, he is one of the best big game coordinators we've seen in this sport of all time, and he deserves a lot of flowers. Uh, you know, beating the the you know eighteen and zero Patriots, um, <laughs> handling business when he, when he gets in a Chiefs uniform, even with not a lot of talent until this year, uh, not a lot of you know out, great production until this year. Again, second in scoring defense, um, he dials up blitzes. He brings simulated pressures. He just confuses everybody in big games. And I think late in that game, Brock Purdy had a third and four um, in, the, in the overtime that he brought, a, he brought a blitz 
where the offensive line wasn't able to pick up Chris Jones coming through, and that led to a that's not good. It led to an easy incompletion because he simulated these pressures and confused that offensive line for the the San Francisco 49ers. He just comes through when it matters, and I know you're starting to pick up on a theme here. All these Chiefs guys, all these all these big names I've brought up, they just come through in big games when it matters the most, regardless of what you think about them previously. The biggest thing I think the defense did last night for the Chiefs was they just prevented San Francisco from ever having a huge play. Like, I think their longest play was like 24 yards or something like that. They Mm -hmm. just would not allow them to get that home run ball to break the game open because there were a few times it felt like San Francisco really had a chance to pull away, and every single time that Chiefs defense stepped up. Yeah, and shout-out Vols, by the way. Juwan Jennings had a good game last Dude, night. Dude, threw, 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 threw a touchdown pass. Someone made so much money. Like that. Yeah. My, the first thought that I had last night was somebody just made – all of the money in the world that he was the touchdown pass. Yes, and then he he caught one as well. Yes, I mean, he did. He's, he was he was all he I, left it out there. I think there was I think there was a case if the 49ers would have got through, you could have put him as a Super Bowl MVP. Hundred percent. Yeah, but that didn't happen. It didn't happen. No. That didn't happen. No. All right, now t- talk to me, Connor. I know you're a you're an ad watcher. I watch some ads too. I think the one that that really takes off for me is the Dunkings one with that was great. And uh, Tom Brady was in there. Matt da- Matt Damon at the end. He said. How do you like them donuts? And he says sorry I'm right sorry, after I'm the J Lo. <laughs> uh, that that was that that took the cake for me. But what did what did we think about the ads this year? I thought they were great. Have you seen the subsequent Duncan ads? There's more. There's a whole bunch of them that they have, especially on TikTok. Highly recommend going to check them out. There's one where Brady is trying to teach Matt Damon and, and Affleck how to throw. It's just it's just tremendous. <laughs> I think my fa- my favorite one though was probably the Arnold Schwarzenegger one just because I'm such a mark for that. He's like my favorite action star of all time. My family growing up watched his movies constantly. My cousins and I bonded over his movies. So and in the room, let me tell you, absolutely crushed. It had like everybody was laughing. Overall, though, I thought the commercials were really good. I, I really enjoyed every single commercial. The movie ads were cool. You know, I think some of those look look interesting. Deadpool three or Deadpool and Wolverine definitely looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Wicked seems interesting. So, I, I thought overall, thumbs up for the Super Bowl Super Bowl ads. Yeah, yeah, I think thumbs. up. They didn't ruffle any feathers. No, it was all. You, didn't you? Say, you sort of mentioned that you think everything was going to be sort of. Above board, nothing that anybody could complain about. Yeah. Or was that Jeff that was talking about Probably that? Probably both of us. Yeah, but this was this was uh, not a lot of uh, chances were taken, I don't really think. No. It was just sort of... The babies came back. I thought that was fun. The pickleball yeah. was very funny. Yes. That was great. Yeah, so that's nice. But we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and grab a break at this note. And then when we come back, we'll have more Super Bowl coverage. Chiefs get over top. They repeat. We'll be right back on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Chiefs get over 25-22. They get over the 49ers, and they win back-to-back Super Bowls. They repeat for the first time in 19 years since 04 and 05 when the New England Patriots were able to do that. Now, the question that we need to ask ourselves going into this offseason, going ultimately into next season, is what is their likelihood of getting and capturing a three-peat in the National Football League? It's very hard to do it. 
There's no question about it. And when we look at their free agents this offseason, I think there's a couple of things we need to pay attention to. Um, at the very top, you have Chris Jones, who uh, potentially could walk. You could tag him. We'll see what they do ultimately with him. Cornerback Legereus Sneed. I think when we look back at this season, we'll look at uh, Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed as potential, the best, potentially the best one-two punch at the cornerback position in the NFL. What they did all year with this pass defense was phenomenal. I know that, you know, they're going to have to keep that up. I think Trent McDuffie is capable of that. We'll see what Legereus Sneed does going forward. Uh, also, Willie Gay Jr. at the linebacker position. Donovan Smith, their left tackle, who had some struggles this year, but ultimately was solid enough to go help them win a Super Bowl. Um, then you'll have Jarek McKinnon, Drew Tranquil, guys like that that you need to uh, sort of, figure out. And, uh, their punter, Tommy Townsend, is going to be a free agent. I'd imagine they sign him back. Um, but when we talk about them repeating next year, they have a lot of free agents. They have to decide what they want to do with. Um, they have $22 million worth of cap space. I think that's 17th in the NFL right this second. Um, so they're not in the worst, you know, worst spot salary cap-wise. I think the biggest question for me um, would start with Legereus Sneed. What do you want to do with him? Do you want to bring him back? How much money you're going to have to pay him? Probably a fair amount based on what he was able to accomplish this year. Um, he made one of the biggest plays of the year for that Chiefs team when he punched out the ball at the, uh, at the goal line um, when, when Zay Flowers was trying to get into the end zone. That ultimately helped him win against the Ravens. And then, of course, Chris Jones. Chris Jones. How do we feel about Chris Jones? I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of different thought processes, uh, processes you could have on it. He's 31 years old. He's on the wrong side of 30 at this point. But when we look at, at what, he was, what he did this year, 10 and a half sacks, still had really good production, and he was an all-pro. He was an all-pro. Now, the money you're going to have to pay him going forward is going to be at the top of the defensive tackle market. Do they want to do that at this moment? Do they have the capability of doing that with $22 million worth of cap space? I have questions about it. Um, But if you you let go of Chris Jones, you're going to have to find somebody uh, in that interior defensive line or, or a pass rusher of some sort that can come in and help with that production. I think a guy like Jones, too, it's not necessarily just the numbers he puts up. It's the attention that he draws from the opposing offense. Constant double teams. Yeah, it's the constant double teams that frees up some of the things for the rest of your defense. So, you know, I know he's going to cost a ton of money, but I can't help but think it's going to be worth it. I mean, before the season even started, you were harping on his importance for this Chiefs defense. And one of the reasons why they may not have looked right week one was because he wasn't really in the mix. And after they got him in, that defense – turned it up and you need a guy like Jones in the middle there that could just take that attention away from the rest of your defense so I think he's worth the money I think he's worth the money yes but uh, what does that contract look like what's the you know how many years yeah. in the future do you expect him to continue to do that at the defensive tackle position in the NFL you can slow down very quickly yeah it happens we've quick. seen it happen yeah. in the past now he's a different style he's a he's a finesse player I think in a lot of ways uh when when he's pass rushing from the interior um but, you know, Brett Veach, here's the thing. Even if they let Chris Jones walk this offseason, I think the trust that has been built up between Andy Reid and Brett Veach is, is there enough to where I still think they'll be competing at the highest of levels, and you can still trust that defense, even if Chris Jones is not anchoring there in the middle. You want him. Uh, you certainly need him as a luxury in there. Um, but if he costs upwards of $25 million a year, Coming up this offseason, I think you have to think 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 pretty hard about it. Would the um, idea be to trade a little bit of the defense, maybe for a little bit more offense? I, I maybe I think that that could be a thought process because 
largely, yeah, they, they were decent enough up front with Charles Omeniu, George Kaloftis, and, and Chris Jones there on the defensive line to get after the passer. But really where they made their money was their, their secondary. Legereus Sneed and, uh, and, and Trent McDuffie and those guys in the back end. Those are the guys who, who led this, this defense to be as good as they were. Um, so I, I would imagine they lean to signing Legereus Sneed because of, uh, because of what he was able to get done this year. Um, but if they can keep Chris Jones, team-friendly type deal, if he wants to win more Super Bowls, I think that's a, that's a way that they could go as well. Yeah, I wonder if It's they, hard to step away when you've won yeah, three Super I, Bowls I with the say, same damn team. It's I hard wonder, to step away. It's hard to want to sign any anywhere else, even for a bunch of money, when you have done this type of uh, winning. I'd be curious to go back and look at Super Bowl winning teams if it has been easier for them to bring back players who are on expiring contracts because of that reason. Hey, we got to run it back. I mean, you talked about Travis Kelsey in the first segment and the fact that he didn't retire. I think it was, you know, I was actually kind of leaning that I think if they had lost the game, that's when he may have hung it up. But winning that second one in a row and think knowing that you could be the team to win three in a row. That's that's too good to pass up. He had to come back. There's no way you retire. There's no way you retire after winning two straight. Yep, yep. Taylor Swift made her impact on this year, too. She did. She, she cer- certainly did. Obviously, they were hugging and they were kissing after the game on the on the field. There was no there was no uh, uh, proposal. Uh, there's no, uh, yeah. I, I figured Definitely that wasn't going to happen. That plus 190 that they offered in uh, Canada, if you if you bet yes on that, I think you're dumb anyway. But Just burn money. It didn't even, it didn't even come close. Um I I I want to I want to focus on this for a half second though because the difference she made for the you know smaller categories of fans that the NFL's been trying to capture I would imagine the Super Bowl is going to be the most watched ever last year's was but having Taylor Swift along for the ride with Travis Kelsey and even going into the next year if they stay together that's going to be there um the amount of money that they made on the back of Taylor Swift, the amount of fans they brought in on the back of Taylor Swift this year. I know people are probably sighing uh, some guys out there that get, you know grow tired of seeing her on the broadcast. But that was one of the biggest stories of this NFL season is the amount of fans she brought in, how much we were able to latch on to that story the entire year. That was huge. That was huge. And there's no way to quantify, I don't think, um, the amount of money she'll be able to make this league going forward. Oh, yeah, it's huge for the NFL. I mean, just go look at the Nickelodeon broadcast and how they were referring to her, how much they were showing her. And, you know, Travis Kelsey was Taylor's boyfriend on the broadcast, yes, right. which was pretty funny. No, you know, to be quite honest, I enjoyed Taylor Swift's presence around the NFL this year. I thought it was an interesting little nugget, you know, through line. Um, it never bothered me. I think that she was, she was on the broadcast last night for about 53 seconds. And I'm going to say every time they cut to her, though, the people around her were hysterical. Like she I said that was Blake barely, Lively and I Spice. I Spice barely knew what was going on. <laughs> yes. And Blake, Blake Lively looked like she just walked out of the town. I was like, did way, she just I, come off the set? Can we be honest about that group of like Blake Lively, Taylor Swift, I Spice. Jason the, Kelsey. Yeah, it was one of the strangest <laughs> amalgamations of people and celebrities in one box, like enjoying each other's Lana company. Ray was just kind of in the background there. Yeah. And she just so got trampled whenever they won. It's so strange, but it's worked. The post game, the post game video of 
Taylor and Travis celebrating at a club, and then the camera just slowly pans over to Jason, who is just <laughs> slammed oh, yeah. and just leading the group at the DJ stand. He's got like a wrestling mask on, and then there's a video <laughs> later on of him walking back to the hotel where he almost falls into the bushes. Yes, yes, he, just absolute legendary brother performance. BAC, where do we think it was? I'll, I'll set the over under it. Point zero. Let's see. Point zero eight's the no. Nah, you started with the zero. Point, it's over. over under. I'm going over. I'm thinking, for Jason yeah, dude. Jesse. I'm thinking like point two something. I don't know. Is I don't know if that he's, kills en- you, he's enjoying his early retirement. I'll yes, give him that. Yes, he is. And I, I always expected him to. And I, I think it, it takes a while. If you if you hear some NFL players talk, it takes a while to really for the retirement to set in. I think he's still in that stage, but he's enjoying. Social media was on fire last night. The memes yep. that came out of this game, well done. Thumbs up to everybody. Yep, no question about it. Now, uh, let's move on. Before we actually got to Super Bowl 58, we did have a Tiger basketball Oh, game. yeah, we did. That is worth yes. discussing. It's it worth is. discussing. They improved to 18-6. and six. They're 7-4 and four in conference, and they got over top of Tulane, who has been just a, a thorn in their side the past few years. They went 90-78. to 78. No stress. No stress. They went into halftime up 17 points. Uh, I know that Tulane cut that lead going um, into the second half. Penny Hardaway talked about, you know, they played phenomenal in that first half. Um, only gave up 29 points. They gave up 49. He was a little embarrassed by that. But at the same time, 90 to 78, they improved their uh, their metrics. They moved up in Ken Palm to 77. Bart Torvik, they're still 90. But they moved up um, in the past week five spots in the net from 80 to 75 because of what they've been able to accomplish. Three wins in a row. And again, I, I just want to point this out because basketball is really not that hard to get a beat on. Um, when you look at some of the stats that have led the Tigers to three straight wins. Um, yesterday when they played Tulane, they had 21 assists to 11 turnovers. That's a massive thing. When you look at their two best players, David Jones, 23, 10, and 4. 4 for 5 from 3. Javon Quinterly, 18, 5, and 6, 4 for 7 from 3. When your best players play like your best players, when you're sharing the ball at the highest of levels on the offensive end and limiting turnovers, you win ball games. This should not be surprising in the slightest. And they brought their own energy on the defensive end. It was a Tigers performance, I think, that we have been hoping for for a while. Thumbs up all around. I thought the rotation by Penny was sound. It made a lot of sense. He let his best guys play, and they took care of business. I had no problem when he rotated the other guys in because the moments he did, yeah. it felt, it it, felt it, appropriate. It, it, it felt, felt like it needed to. It felt like a, a legitimate plan on when we're going to substitution right. uh, sub, how we're going to sub. Now, there's some things that even sprung up out of nowhere. Jordan Malcolm Brown. Dan- yeah, Malcolm Dandridge had foul trouble. He had yeah. four fouls yesterday. You had to insert Jordan Brown, and what did Jordan Brown do for you? He gave you really good minutes, 7-3-1. and one. Uh, He was not great from the free throw line. He needs to improve (laughs) upon that. But, you know, after not playing a game before, you get into foul trouble, you have to trust somebody, you throw your trust in Jordan Brown, and he shows you why you should be right about bringing him back. I will say, the free throws is still a little concerning. Still missed 10 free throws, 23 of 33. But other than that... I thought that it was a much better game from the Memphis Tigers. You still want Jaquan Walton to, you know, wake up a little bit. He's had a, a a rough stretch here, but hopefully he can he can show signs of life here soon. I thought Jonathan Pierre looked pretty good again. So you know, it's just it was an encouraging game for the Memphis Tigers. They finally won by double digits against the team that they should be winning double digits by. Um, it sounds like from people that I know that went to the game that the home crowd was into it. The team had a lot of energy. So you know, just it was finally nice to watch a game. And not have to worry about my heart exploding yeah. while I was watching the Memphis Yeah, taking Tigers. the blood pr- yes. blood pressure pills. It was great. Um, 
he played nine guys, and Malcolm Dandridge, the the you know, I, I think he would have played eight. Yeah, for the that's, majority that's what it of felt it. like. Yeah, he wouldn't. Have, he probably wouldn't have played Jordan Brown for extended minutes had Malcolm Dandridge not had struggles with fouls. I uh, David Jones I still, awesome, I still want to. Yeah, he was phenomenal. I still want to come back to this. Is we talk about shortening this rotation and, and what Penny needs to do in playing eight or nine guys, maybe. I still think it's game to game where you have to sort of decide uh, what the other team has, game plan it, about who you're going to take off the bench. Um, because, you know, Jonathan Pierre, Jordan Brown, and Jaden Hardaway got a majority of, of those bench minutes, and those guys have not shown up every game. Those guys, I mean, Jonathan Pierre until – um, two games ago was a no-show, completely played four minutes a game, averaged, I think, 0. .8, 0. .2, and 0. .8 <laughs> when we talk about points, rebounds, and assists. Um, and then Jaden Hardaway's been struggling all year. I think it's just game to game. Um, but, again, what was very – I was very happy to see is there was just a obvious plan. Yeah, I may play seven, eight, nine guys. But at the same time, I have a plan about how I'm going to deploy them. Right. That's what it comes down to. It's not – if he plays 11 guys and has a plan, I'll feel a little – you know, I'll feel better about it. I'll feel fine. I still don't think the plan of attack should be playing 11 guys, especially with Caleb Mills out for the year. But if you're going to play that many guys, have a plan. That was the, the – this was sort of the first semblance I saw of that. And, and, it, and against a team that was – Capable of beating you, that has shown that they're, they're capable tricky. Of yeah, you, they're a scrappy team. They're the best, yeah. they're the best offensive team in the uh, in the American Athletic Conference, and you held them down to twenty nine points in the first half. That's something that you should be proud of. I think that they're just starting to prove that when Quinterly, Jones, and Tomlin all show up on the same game, it's very difficult to beat this team. And I did, I do want to add this. Walton wasn't very good on the offensive end, and he's been struggling there. He had great activity, though, throughout the game, even though his shots weren't falling. He had six rebounds, four assists, two steals. He was showing up in other areas of the game, and that's what this Tigers team has to continue to do. If you, Just because it may not be working for you on the offensive end, putting the ball in the hoop, if you can still have energy and show up on the defensive end and have great activity and be that glue guy for the team if your shot's not falling, that's what this Tiger team's need. So I think Walton deserves some credit there, too. He still played 30 minutes, had some big minutes there, even though his shot wasn't falling. Now we're going to get back to this in the Super Bowl with Jeff Calkins in just a moment, but I have to tell you about the sponsor of our studio. That would be Service Master by Cornerstone. When disaster strikes, make sure that you call Service Master by Cornerstone. They're the largest franchise in a 600-mile radius, but they're the best at what they do. They've been awarded Service Masters Franchise of the Year Award, meaning they're the number one Service Master Store franchise in the United States of America. I hope none of these things happen to you. You could have water damage, though, from a busted water heater. You could have storm damage in general. You could have a fire in there, smoke damage. You could need mold remediation. Regardless of any of these issues, big or small, Service Master by Cornerstone is here to help and respond, and they take pride in it at your time of need. Tyler and his team are here to help you at moments like this. Tyler, the president, is the president and owner of Service Master by Cornerstone, and they have a motto, and it's a good motto. It is, we don't pray for disaster, we just pray we get called when there is one. So again, remember the name, locally owned, locally operated, Service Master by Cornerstone, your hometown responder. Um, And that word respond means something because that's the number that you reach them at. 901-RESPOND, 901-R-E-S-P-O-N-D, 901-RESPOND, for my good friends at Service Master by Cornerstone. Now we need to go ahead and get to a break in these in these studios and when we come back to these studios we'll be talking to jeff calkins so stick around baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand 
Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.